I was thinking uh, earlier as we were singing, as we were worshiping the Lord, I thought sometimes we we have Sanctity of Life Sunday and we talk about life and we talk about, you know, we're here today and some of you don't even know why you're here, but you're here. And I got to thinking that I'm going to read a scripture in a minute that talks about he knew us before we were formed. He knew the days of our lives before we were formed. They're written in his book. And so it just appeared, it just occurred to me that God designed where you're sitting today with who you're sitting next to. Wouldn't by accident. Think about that. You might have even moved around and sat down, but God already knew you were going to move around and sit where you sat. Is that amazing or what? That he, he's, he's ordered our days and there are no accidents. And we, we tend to think, I'm going to make this decision, that decision. And, and we're going to talk about choices today. But the decision you made today, God said, this is a good decision. You're in my house. And you're by somebody that you, maybe you don't know or maybe you know very well. Maybe you're married to them. Maybe you're going to be married to them, as I heard this morning. The young woman next to you may have a child within her. You don't know. So I want to ask, I want to give you a couple of seconds to introduce yourself to the person next to you on your left and your right. And for those of you the aisle, you might have to go across the aisle. See, you want to know who you're sitting next to, don't you? Yeah, don't leave those out that are standing back against the wall. Is it is it warm enough in here for y'all? Because it's hot to me. I turned the air on. The heat was on earlier. This is West Texas. Heat in the morning, AC in the, you know in the morning. <laughs> so somebody want to check the AC? And I think it's down low. It's just not catching up because so many people are here. So. We're getting Mr. Brumley on that. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here this morning because today is sanctity of life. And I studied the word sanctity and the, just the word itself means a sacred, holy, godly. So we call it the sanctity of life. It's the godliness of life. It's the holiness of life. And God began from the very beginning. He said in Genesis 1, 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So if we're created after God, that, that says that we're significant. So life, all life is significant. And we see turmoil in our country, turmoil in our nation, and we want to hate this person and hate that person, but as Christians, we don't have that option. He's called us to love our enemies, bless those who persecute us, because he knows that that life is another life that he created. And if we'll start blessing instead of cursing, You know, if we had blessing in our street yesterday, it would have been a lot better than cursing. If we had blessing in our streets Friday instead of cursing, our our country is going to move forward if we understand and learn how to bless God. 
That's the only way it's going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen with a political organization. It's going to happen when Christians, when, Christ, when, when, when lost people into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God gets so big that all we hear is blessing. I want, to, I want to reread because it's such a beautiful passage that Ed spoke of earlier in the New King James Version, Psalm 139. It says, For you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written the days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them that tells me church that you need to count every day precious every moment is precious every day is a gift from god and that person that you're having all these problems with they're also a gift from god we need to start recognizing these things it's sad that we even have to talk about it in the church, but we need to. So to choose life, listen, if we're going to choose life, that's the title of the sermon from this blessed series. To choose life is to choose God, the creator of all life. Life is sacred. Life is holy. Life is to be valued because God put a high value on life. Here's how much value he put on your life and my life. He said, if there's only one way I can save the world, I will do it. And he said, that's through my son, Jesus Christ. I love my creation so much that I'm going to send my only son to this earth. I'm going to send him from heaven to this earth to live and to teach and, and to heal and to bring love into the world and to die for the sins of the world so that they might not have to die. We've got to recognize how precious life is. Choosing life is more than a pro-life message, church. It's more than saving the lives of the unborn, and that is huge. I was on that field at the Washington Mall back in 2008, and I met those ladies. They had this field with strung with just little socks all over the field and little baggies with socks and a card attached to it. The name of that, little, the, the name of that child that had been aborted, was. they were all across this field. And I wept in that field for the millions of babies. And this lady came up to me and she said, can I help you? I said, well, I'm just amazed. She said, and they had the sign at that time. There are 35 million babies that have been aborted up to that time. And I think it's up to 55 million or something now. And she said, I said, I'm just moving. I don't know what to do. I'm just, it, it was a very difficult moment. She said, well, I'm one of those moms. One of those socks, one of those pairs of socks represents one of my children. And she said, but I've given my life to Christ and he's redeemed me and he's forgiven me. And listen, that's the message for you today. If you're a lady here today and you're hearing this message and you think, no, no, he's going to pray about a, preach about abortion and I've had an abortion and I'm the, I'm the scum of the earth. That is not true. You are valued in the kingdom of God. God loves you as much now as he loved you before. He's the God of forgiveness. He's the God of love. We're going to see that in these scriptures today. As you turn to Deuteronomy 30. 
says, for this commandment, I'm going to, let me give you a preface it a little bit. Moses, would, the, the children of Israel camped on one side of the promised land. You know, they came, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And one generation had died off. And God said, Moses, you're not going to get to lead the people into the promised land. But Joshua is. But these are the instructions I want you to give my people. And for 30 days, he gave them instructions. And then the next 30 days, it was his, his, time, of, his time of death. He was, his, he was nearing death. And Joshua, the, the, there was a chain of command about to take place. And so Moses was given these commands. And we read them a couple of weeks ago about the blessings and the curses from, from Deuteronomy 28. But today I want you to look at this from Deuteronomy 30, 11. It says, For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? He said, Listen, it's not too far away. It's not, it's not something you can't attain. He said this, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. God's word's way ahead of Nike. Just do it. He said the word is in you. It's near you. It's in your heart. And you wonder why you have these choices to make. And, and you go, man, I don't think I should do that. It's because the word is in your heart. Did you know anytime you've ever heard the word, you've ever read the word in Sunday school or VBS or any time in your life that the word got in you and it's not out of you. It's still there. You need to call the word that's in you up and out to be active in your life. He said it's near you. Listen, God has blessed us with simplicity. He has blessed us with simplicity. I like simplicity. I've got like 14 remotes to turn my TV off and on, but I would just like one. Well, maybe not 14. And I'm not a techie. And, you know, I want simplicity and I go and I want to get a new phone. He said, what do you want this happen? This happened, this happened. I said, no, 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 no. I want to call somebody and now I want to text somebody. And I know people that refrain from texting for a long time. That's probably not a bad idea. We're blessed with simplicity. You know, here's, here's my thinking. It's like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And here's God. He says, Adam, I've got, there's a ton of fruit trees here. Man, there are all kinds of fruit trees. They're everywhere. You just go and pick something off one of these trees. Man, if you want to eat it, it's going to be good. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be organic. But there's just one tree. Say one tree. There's this one tree. There's one tree right here in the garden. You can't eat from that. Don't eat from that one because when you eat from that one tree, out of the thousands of trees, if you eat from that one tree, you're going to die. And then he had to, I'm sure he had to explain what death was because nobody had ever died before. Rodney. He asked that question Wednesday night in our Bibles. Listen, if you're not not coming Wednesday night, you need to come Wednesday night and get equipped. But Rodney asked, he said, how did he know what death was if he said, if you eat that fruit, you'll die? And I said, I don't know. But I'm sure God explained death to him. He probably said, Adam, this is not a good thing. The word die means die. It means it's bad. Don't do it. Now, how much simpler can you get than that? Thousands of trees, all kinds of fruit, one tree, no, one tree, fruit. But if you eat that, you will die. I think we can settle on the thousands. Can't we? Simplicity. God is a God of simplicity. He is not complicated. I didn't say it was easy, okay, because they wrestle with the idea over the fruit. I didn't say it was easy, but it's not complicated. It's a simple choice. 
1 John 5, 2 through 4 says, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And look at this. I think many people miss this verse. And His commandments are not burdensome. Say that. Are not burdensome. That means they're not too tough. They're not too difficult. He said, you can eat of these, not this one. He said, you can have a wife, but don't try to have somebody else's wife while you have your wife. He said, you, he said, I want you to tell the truth. Don't tell a lie. He gave us all these commandments for our benefit, church, to protect us. He says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. He has given us the faith to believe. He's given us the faith to do these things. When he said, just do it, we do it by faith and not by sight. Say by faith. God has put within each one of us great faith. The faith to believe him, to receive him, to obey him, and the faith to love him. See, God is so, he is so complete. When he says, I want you to do this, he gives you the tools to do it. When he says, I don't want you to do this, he gives you the power to abstain. But we're going to see what happens when we don't listen. Okay? And he says in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 30, See, I have set before you today life and good. Okay, is that simple? I've said before you life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will do what? Bless you in the land which you go to what? Possess. We are blessed to possess. Say, I'm blessed to possess. We're all blessed to possess. But why are we possessing? Some of you, well, I'm possessed. (laughs) Well, we want to deal with that too. We definitely want to get you from that position. We don't want you to be possessed, but we want you to possess the promises of God. He says it right in here in his word. It's, again, it's very simple. Now, there's a difference. I understand there's a difference because some of you are going to go, well, that's the old covenant he's talking about. There's a difference between the old covenant here and the new covenant that we live under. We live under the covenant of grace, right? Say grace. grace. We live under that new covenant of grace where it's not, it doesn't depend on what we do for Jesus. It's what he did for us. Amen. He died on the cross. He knew we couldn't make it. He knew we couldn't keep the laws. We couldn't keep all of the statutes, all of the judgments. So he said, I want to make a way for you. And he sent Jesus and in the place of the lamb, the, the sacrificial lamb that we don't have to do anymore. We don't have to go to the temple. We don't have to cut the throat of, a, of, a, of an animal and let it bleed over the mercy seat. We have Jesus Christ as the perfect lamb of God who died for us. That's called grace when we receive that. But listen, I want to tell you, under this new, command, uh, this new covenant, we still have a, a duty, a responsibility to keep the commandments. Oh, it got quiet then. Oh, this is grace, Pastor. Let me read you a little couple of verses from Hebrews 10, 28, 9, 28 and 29. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law, this is the one we're talking about, dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose Will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which you have sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? You see, when you, when you refuse to accept the grace of Jesus Christ, when you refuse to accept the forgiveness of God, when you refuse to step into the promises of God, when you refuse him and say, I don't need you, I don't want you, then your doom is, it, your doom is hell. 
That's just exactly what it is. I mean, I like to make, I like to sugarcoat it and say you're going to go to a place where it's just dark. A lot of people think hell is just going to be one big party. It's going to be one big Super Bowl party, and there's going to be kegs of beer everywhere, and there's going to be dances, and hell is going to be horrible. I don't think we even understand it. I don't think we can comprehend how horrible a life without Christ could be. He's called us out of that into the light. And he's given us the provision and the grace, the forgiveness to live it and the power. You see, our choices define us. Our choices determine our future. Our choices will result in either bondage or freedom. Our choices will call us to stay, cause us to stay locked into fear or walking in faith. Our choices will determine whether or not we possess the land that God has promised us or will not possess it. God, listen, in this scripture I just read, he wants us to live and to multiply. He wants, us, he wants to bless us to possess the land. That's why he commanded us to do these things. How many parents do we have in here this morning? Now, you probably don't use the word command to your children. Joey, I command you to clean your room. Jenny, I command you to stay on this side of the street until you look both ways. And when there's no traffic coming, then you can cross the street. I command you. See, none of us say we command, do we? Unless you're military. Yes, I say it all the time to my children. (laughs) Halt. (laughs) Who goes there? It's me, Daddy. We don't command our children, but we tell them with a stern voice, with our command voice. Y'all have heard the story of me. My parents didn't tell me about the crossing the street thing or I wouldn't have been hit by a car at the age of five. You know? Ugliest car ever to get hit by is a Studebaker. But at five, I still remembered it was a Studebaker. Had a pointed nose on it. It's the ugliest car ever. I can tell you because I was hit by a car when I was five, my kids never got hit by a car because I was very cautious. Do not go out into that street without looking both ways or walking with an adult. We command them. Why do we command our children? Because we love them And they think you're the meanest person in the world. See, some people think God's mean. They just believe that, oh, God, he's just a a big old grumpy God that didn't want us to have any fun. No, he's a loving God that wants you to live life to the fullest. We just have our, what we consider living, kind of perverted in, in, in our culture today. But there are these promises. He, he, he says he wants us to possess the promises. And listen, if you stop short with God, if, you don't, if you're not willing to walk in his commandments and do the, the simple things that he asks you to do, like love your neighbor and love him, if, if you're not willing to follow those simple commands that he gives us, then you're not going to be able to step into the promised land. The, the children in the, in the wilderness, 40 years they wandered around in the wilderness. And then this next generation, he said, now you can go. They got to go in and possess this land full of milk and honey. Man, can you imagine that? They were just stepping in because God said, that's yours. But these people were disobedient. But you want to go and you want to go inherit everything that I've already laid out for you? Then walk in my commandments. Listen to me. Hear my voice. Verse 17. If you but if say if there's that little word that's very big. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely 
perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land in which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. This is called the progression of dispossession. Doesn't that sound seminarish? Seminarish. Is that a word? I didn't go to seminary, so I don't know seminarish is a word. It's probably not a word. The progression of dispossession. There's always a progression when we lose what we've already had. Now, he's talking. He's, this is a prophetic word that God has given to Moses to speak to his children. They are, he already knows they're going to go in and possess the land, doesn't he? Because he, God knows everything. Come on. He already knows they're going to go in and possess the land, but he knows that they're going to dispossess. They're going to lose the land at some point. So he's prophesying this that, hey, listen, there's a way that if you, you will go in there, but I don't want you to lose what you got. But he said, this is what happens when you dispossess, when you lose the possessions that God has given you. And he says, it's first, if you turn, if your heart turns away so that you do not hear. That's first. In this progression of dispossession, when your heart turns away, listen, when your heart turns toward the world, you quit listening to God. You understand me? I'll never forget it. this. The Lord gave me a sermon many years ago, and I, and, but it's still stuck in my heart because when, when David was going into battle, it said he inquired of the Lord how to, how to fight this battle. He inquired of the Lord how to fight this battle. And he had another battle, and he inquired of the Lord. But that night that he stayed home from going into the battle, and he, st- he walked up on the rooftop to see what was going on, and he saw Bathsheba. You know who he inquired of? He said he inquired of the woman. He didn't inquire of the Lord. Uh, Lord? There's a beautiful lady over there. She's naked and she's in the tub. And I'm just wondering, Lord, what do you think I should do? David, get back to your room. Shut your eyes. Ask for forgiveness for even thinking it. He didn't ask God, did he? He said he inquired of the woman. Had her brought to him. And you know the rest of the story. It was not a good ending. Not a good ending because he didn't inquire of God. And that's what happens when we turn our hearts away. You see, we we turn our hearts away and we quit hearing from him. When we start listening to all the naysayers, we start listening to our friends that are not godly people. When we're unequally yoked with other people, either in business or in marriage or in friendships, and you're hanging out with the wrong kind of crowd and you think, oh, they're going to give me good advice. No, you need to inquire of God. Quit asking your buddy what you should do about your relationship. Well, if she's treating me like that, I'd get out of there as fast as I could. You know, shut up. <laughs> she's treating you like that. It must mean you're treating her like that. You need to ask her to forgive you. You need re- your marriage restored. But some of us go and we want everybody's opinion about stuff. Get back to the word of God and ask his opinion. Yeah. Choose life. That's not in my notes. But, but what, well, the way I relate this passage is he's talking about us as Christians today that backslide. I know that's an old term. When I grew up, man, you, my mother could tell you everybody who'd backslidden. You know, you know, Mrs. Rogers, she really has backslidden, you know. Everybody, we used to use that term. It means that you're going backwards and not forwards. You know, it, it means that you've, you've turned away, you've quit listening to God. You begin to listen to everybody else, and you begin to listen to yourself more than you've been listening to God and His Word. Paul was constantly listening. 
This isn't just an Old Testament teaching. Understand that. Look at Galatians 5, 3. And this is Paul speaking. He said, I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. In other words, if you go and try to return to the Jewish law and please God, you're, you're messing up. He said, you have become estranged from Christ. Listen, they weren't listening anymore. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Another, another way to put that is, or you have fallen out of grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but listen it's faith working through love see it all goes back to love anytime any sermon they always go back to love don't they choose life go back to love so when you start partnering with the, the, the history, when you start partnering with your past, and you're not partnering with the word of God and, and the future that he's called you to, listen, you're going to start turning away from him. You'll start listening to other people, and you'll fall away. And listen, it happened. How many of you feel like in your lifetime, after you gave your life to Christ, that you backslid? Raise your hands. That's about 90% of you. And the rest of you are probably, <laughs> I'm not going to say lying, but... You just don't understand the word backslid. <laughs> so there's a progression to the dispossession. James 1 says it very succinctly. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown, brings forth death. From the woman who has an abortion to the full-blown drug addict or alcoholic to the person enslaved in porn to the habitual gossiper to one living a perverted lifestyle, for many of them it just starts with simple disobedience. Love Jesus, but somewhere along the way, just one choice, one sin, one disobedience, and you know what the enemy does with your simple disobedience? He jumps all over it. He, at both feet, he jumps in. He says, see, I told you you couldn't do it. See, I told you it was too hard. See, he doesn't really love you or he'll give you the grace to get through that. And you start listening to the wrong person. And pretty soon you just say, you know what, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I can't do this. And God says, I know you can't do this. That's why you need me. Trust me. Trust me. And there, there are people in here this morning that God has given you promises. He's given you dreams. And you somewhere you've some along the way, you've been derailed through through some disobedience. And here I'm here to tell you that God is for you. He's not against you. Simple disobedience is just centered in the probably the greatest sin of all, and that's selfishness. I hear it all the time when I do counseling. I can do this. I can make it. I can fix this. And I say, no, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. You got to get that mentality out of your, your brains, Christians. Oh, I can control that. No, you can't. You shouldn't even try. That's selfishness. That's thinking you're pretty big stuff. And God says, no, 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 no. Put me back on the throne. 
Don't kick me away. Don't, 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 put, me, don't put me aside. Don't allow tr- pride to draw you back into the world and away from all that God has for you, church. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Blessed with a clear choice. And that's kind of like point number two with the simplicity of God. He sets it before you. It's like Moses. How many of you ever watched uh, Let's Make a Deal? Behind door number one, door number two. When I was a kid growing up, and my mom liked that. So we'd get to watch Let's Make a Deal. Monty Hall, the original. And you say, behind the door number, you don't know what's behind this door. And then if what you've already got, you can trade it for what's behind that door or that door. But you don't know what you're going to get, right? And then when they got the, uh, well, they got the bad thing, the, 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 the joke prize, they went, 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 you know. And they're like, oh, I just traded a new car for, you know. But with God, it's not that way. He said, behind door number one is life. It is blessing. Now, behind door number two, children of Israel and people today, behind the door number two is death and curses. Which one are you going to choose? I don't know. Man, death sounds pretty good. I don't know, man. Curses, yeah, I don't know. I I choose life. Okay, I choose life. Good, good choice. That's how simple he makes it. And yet all across the world today, people are living in death. They're not living at all, really. Because they've chosen door number two. And God says, listen, I've got it right here in front of you. Why would you choose that? Why would you choose that? Because there's benefits that comes with choosing life. It says that both you and your descendants may live. I want to tell you this morning, you may think your decisions affect only you, but they do not. When you choose life, you choose to bless the next generation. When you choose death, you choose to curse the next generation. Dads and moms, you think, well, these choices we make, they're not going to affect our kids. Really? If you're not making choices that honor God, they will affect your children in a negative way. What are, you, what are we passing on to the next generation? And we have a big responsibility, don't we, as parents? That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. We're blessed with a future. That's the last point. We're blessed with a future. When you choose life, you choose God. When you choose God, you choose love. For God is love. So I want to advise you this morning to cling to him, to hold on to him with all that you got. Living for God will give meaning to your life and quality to your life and satisfaction to your life. And it will give you hope in the future. We quote Jeremiah 29, 11. Most of you know this one. Different translations. So I'm going to read it from the NKJV, New King James. For I know the thoughts and the NIV says plans. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That's a great verse, isn't it? How many of you got it framed in your house? Okay. Well, you need to get it. (laughs) But did you know that that verse was spoken to people in bondage? 
He was saying, listen, I've got a plan for you. My plans are always good for you, but I know you're in bondage now, but in 70 years, you're going to be out of this. He's prophesying. 70 years, but here, oh, we got to see, see people today are like that. Well, if I've got a future and a hope in Christ, that just doesn't seem to be materializing very well. Well, I'm going to ask you, are, are you stepping in? Are you walking with you? Are you pressing in? Are you persevering? Are you on your knees? Are you in the word? You're in church. So that's good. See, that was part of the prophecy. That's what's interesting about this, Belinda. That's part of the prophecy in Deuteronomy. It was come to pass in in this passage in Jeremiah. And if you go back and read all of that prophecy that was spoken in Deuteronomy, the fulfillment of the prophecy hasn't actually come true yet, but part of it has because Israel is back together as a nation in, in Israel when they reestablished the country in 1948. But they haven't come full circle because they haven't come back to Jesus yet. That's going to happen, though. Amen? Amen? So that's where I want to end today. I want to, I want to end with the beginning. Go back to 30, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, this is Moses speaking to the people, when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you, and you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children with all your heart and with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. That's it. Hallelujah. You know why? Because he knows that we're going to wander. He knows that we're going to fail. He knows that we're going to stumble. And he says, I want to gather you back. Come on back. I've not given up on you. I'm a God of compassion. I'm a God of mercy. I'm a God of forgiveness. If you've had an abortion, I forgive you. If you've killed somebody, I forgive you. If you're, if you have done wrong, if you've done some things that are heinous that nobody else you would know about, but you, he says, I will forgive you. It doesn't matter what you've done. The only sin that will keep you separated from God for eternity is rejecting Jesus. That's the only one. God knows how we've messed up. If you've messed up, say, I've messed up. He knows our failings, our selfishness. And yet he extends his hand to each one of us and he says, come out of slavery, come out of bondage. Find forgiveness and love in me. Choose the only life worth living, a life submitted to Jesus, who loves you, forgives you, restores you, and renews you, and saves you. Would you stand this morning? We have the ministry team come forward and to the, to the, to the back, wherever you're supposed to locate. I guess mainly this message is for people that have just backslidden. Let's just use that old-fashioned word. At one time in your life, you were so excited about the gospel. You are so excited about Jesus. You couldn't wait to tell everybody around you. Matter of fact, you annoyed people. You'd come back and say, man, I want to tell you about Jesus. And somebody kicked you in the teeth. Somebody rejected you. And some pastor let you down. Some Sunday school teacher didn't love on you like they should have loved on you. And you got this discouraged and disheartened. And you may be in church, but you're just like, you know, I, I'm just going to go because I need to go. I get, some, I get some help there. Pastor may have a word for me. Well, I do have a word for you. If you've wandered, if you've strayed from the Lord, today's your day to come back.
Because if you wandered from him, you wandered back into bondage. And that covers a lot of ground when you talk about bondage. Or you've wandered back into relationships you know are not godly. And God said today is your day to be restored and renewed again. Some people call it recommitment. I don't know what, I don't care what you call it. Just get right with God. Get your heart right again. Ask him to put that back, put that desire back in your heart. Create in you a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. That's what David said. After he committed that awful sin with Bathsheba, he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. And God could just, yeah, and renew a right spirit, not the wrong spirit. So bow your heads and close your eyes. Everybody, close your eyes, bow your heads. If you're here this morning, you feel like, man, I have, I've wandered from the truth, Lord. Uh, Pastor, I, I've stepped away. I, I'm not living the way I'm supposed to. And I know what's right. I know what I need to be doing. I'm just not doing it. But today I want to be renewed in that commitment. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up quickly? Just slip your hand up all over the place. All over the place. Okay, there's more hands than we got ministry team for. Thank you. That's, thank you for your honesty. Maybe you're here this morning and specifically, maybe you've had an abortion and you've not been able to get past it. And I'm not going to embarrass anybody by having you raise your hands or come up to the front. I would never do that. But I do want to I do want to pray for you right now. I want to lift you up before the father. So I'm just. If that's you this morning. I can't imagine the hurt and the pain and what the enemy's tried to do with that. But I want to declare to you today in Jesus Christ, you can be free from that pain. That you can be free from that heartache. And you can move forward with the life. So, Father, I bless those women in this in this audience today that have had an abortion. And I bless the men that even participated in it, the, the dads or the, the, other, the, the, the man that was involved. I bless them to be healed and restored and forgiven and renewed today because you're the God of the new. That, that the enemy would no longer be able to hold that over them and crush them with it. But today there would be a lightning. The burden would be lifted today in Jesus' name that they would know that they're a child of the Most High God and that one day they'll see that child. They'll see that child. They'll be reunited with that child. And I bless them today in Jesus' name. And Father, for those that raised their hands that said, I've, I've walked away from the Lord, I've backslidden. I'm going to ask you if you raised your hand this, this morning in that area, I'm just going to ask you to come and kneel at the altar if that's you. Just come and kneel at the altar. If you've backslidden and you've been walking away from the Lord, just have the ministry team kind of move to the side. I'm just going to ask you to come into the altar because there's so many. Uh, listen, guys, we, these people get restored and renewed today. Watch out, San Angelo. Watch out wherever you're at. I know there's some more people raise their hands over here. Don't be ashamed, man. We've all been there. Don't be ashamed to, to, to say, I want to I be restored and renewed today. I, wanna, I want that fire in me again. I want that I want that fire of the Holy Spirit in me again. Just come to the altar today. And by doing this, you're saying, God, I recommit my life. I want everything that has been stolen from me. I want everything that's been robbed of me. I want my joy back. I want my relationship back. I want my fellowship back with Jesus. 
I want to be restored and renewed in my walk. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be effective in, in my job place. I want to be effective in my school. I want to be effective in my, in my family. Anybody else? I'm, I think there was a lot more hands that went up than people that are coming. So don't, don't let the enemy win this deal. Don't, do not let him win this. Now, I want, to, I want the ministry team to just go behind all of these folks and, and just lay your hands on them and just begin to bless them with a renewal today. Just go behind them and bless them. Let them know somebody is touching them. Somebody's coming alongside them. Somebody's going to bless them to, to walk in the newness of life. Just like baptism this morning for those five. Let's, let's go back and rebury the, the old man. Just in your minds, it meant the old man was buried. I'm not going to let him out of the grave again. He is in the grave. He no longer has sway over me. I am free from sin. I'm free from sin. Sin no longer will have dominion over me. The word of God says it will no longer have dominion over me. Say that. Speak that. Pray that right now. Sin, you have no power over me anymore. I am a child of the most high God. Y'all can say it out there too. Sin has no dominion over me. I am a child of the most high God. I am his beloved. I'm, a, I'm the head and not the tail. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And we speak even now over these folks that are kneeling here and those in the audience that didn't step forward, that this is a day the Lord has made and I will rejoice, I will repent, and I will move forward in my faith from this day forward. Satan's not going to have control anymore. The enemy's not going to have control anymore. Now, this is what I'd like you to do. Begin to thank, thank the Lord for restoring you today. Begin to thank Him for renewing you today. He's a God that He really loves it when we thank Him. That, that's part of the faith walk, that we thank Him. Even though we don't see it yet, it's not manifested yet, you begin to thank Him for saving you, for healing you, for restoring you, for bringing you back and gathering you back that you're going to possess the promises of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and this is your day too. Give your life. Choose life today. Don't choose death. The Bible says that as long as you've been walking, if you don't know Christ, that you're already dead. Bible says that you're already dead in your transgressions. You're already condemned. So let's let's take the condemned label off. You know the old building that they have the condemned label on it? Let's let's rip that off today in the name of Jesus so you your building can be renewed today and become a new building. The sin is gone and grace comes in. Love comes in. Restoration comes in. Forgiveness comes in. If you don't know Christ and you want to give your life to him, find one of these some these people that have a tag around their neck that says I'm a minister here. And they would love to pray with you to receive Christ. Just like last week, five salvations last week. I think 13 this week at the food pantry. 13 salvations this week. God is moving in this community. God is moving in this community. Are y'all ready for the explosion? Are you ready for the explosion? It's happening. It's already happening. I know we've got some announcements, but I really feel like we ought to well, I'll see Chain Breaker again. Would y'all? Can we go out with Chain Breaker? And I know Dad's already made the announcement. I know outside in the foyer, y'all have already seen uh, 
You've already seen the cakes and things for the Christian Veterans Outreach. Go support them. Oli, uh, share this real quick, brother. Real quick, there's an uh, organization being formed on Goodfellow Air Force Base at the base fire department. It's called Good Samaritans of San Angelo. Right now, they're doing a uh, coat drive, and we'll be bringing a box up here on uh, Tuesday. So anybody has winter coats, they're going to be uh, handed out to the homeless, taken down to the homeless uh, shelters and uh, those on the streets. We could uh, really appreciate your help. Thank you.